The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Reverend Anna Schaus, not Reverend Temple Hayes, and this is the Spirit of Recovery, but I know that you can tune in to Reverend Temple's program in another time slot. Um, We're glad that you're here with us on Spirit of Recovery. Again, uh, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host today. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. Uh, Thank you for listening with us today here on Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us, and we love getting your comments on Facebook. We have the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. You can find us there, and also you can email us, Um, and so we're very glad to hear from you. We want to thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing about the Spirit of Recovery with your friends, with your family members, with the people in your recovery community, and the people in your unity community. We always have great guests here on the Spirit of Recovery. We're uh, just delighted to be able to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio. And um, you can listen to us, obviously, through your computer, and you can also listen to us on your smartphone. And you can find our archives 24-7 at www.unity.fm backslash program backslash spirit of recovery. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, with people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and they're always bringing you practical information, practical insights about spirituality and recovery and lively discussions that get you thinking and get you into that heart space. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member uh, who's in your own recovery as a family member or the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery and you're looking for uh, information or you're just curious about what recovery is all about, we welcome you here on the Spirit of Recovery and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. Ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that walk keeps me richly transforming my life and keeps me growing in deeper ways. So I'm very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and also to hear what's happening for you in your spiritual and recovery walk. 
Today, our topic is Christmas, a recovery story, and my guest is Reverend Alan Lyles. Today, we're going to be talking about the Christmas story as a recovery story, because it really is. It's a celebration of spiritual birth. And it speaks to uh, those of us who are in recovery in a very special way. It talks about what it's like to make that journey from darkness to light, that journey from despair to hope, and that journey from bondage to freedom. The Christmas story is a story about a whole new way of living and the possibilities and the promise of that. My guest, uh, Reverend Alan Lyles, is a unity minister, and he's going to be sharing with us today the deep spiritual and metaphysical meanings of this Christmas story and about how it relates to people in recovery in a very special way. And uh, Reverend Alan has a very uh, deep spirituality, a very deep walk himself, and I know he's going to be sharing with us about that. He's been um, in ministry for uh, since 1993. He's also uh, got uh, over... 22 years as a member in a 12-step group for family members of those that got have the disease of addiction. And he has served um, in Unity Ministries um, in Minnesota and Arizona and Kansas. He's uh, been, in the past, the Vice President of Public Relations for the 7-Eleven stores. And he was, for six years, the Senior Director of Outreach Books and Multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. And he's the author... Um, of the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps, and also the very important CD, which we all need, called Road Rage and How to Let Go of Your Road Rage. So, Alan, thanks for being my guest today on Spirit of Recovery. Well, Anna, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. So, here we are in this Advent season with the anticipation of uh, Christmas. What is it that uh, makes Christmas special for people in recovery? Well, I think for many reasons. First of all, I think uh, the Christmas story is our story. It's your story. It's my story. And it's the story of uh, new beginnings. Uh, It's a story of hope. You mentioned that, a story of possibilities. And it represents, to me, a new paradigm that's possible for our lives. Because I believe that at Christmas we have probably one of the best opportunities to focus on getting ourselves recharged, reborn, and uh, reestablished mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's just a time of, of hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that recovery, you know, is is so much about hope that a lot of what goes on in the process of active addiction, whether it's uh, a person that's got the actual substance or, or behavioral addiction or whether it's a family member of that person, so much of that active disease is about despair. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, people get to the point where they wonder if there's ever going to be any changes. And at Christmas, I think we have the opportunity to really become open and receptive to, to new changes. And I think when I look at the 12 steps and the first three steps, what really comes across to me is that we become open and receptive and we become humble. And we really find the humility that's necessary to be open to changes. And so at Christmas, when you have the the new birth and the new light that's coming uh, to the world, that's the same light that also can come into our consciousness and, and change our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about openness and to change, it brings to mind the story uh, in the Christmas story about Mary and Joseph and how they obviously had to accept some things that were out of the ordinary for their lives. How does, uh, could you share with us about them and the, the metaphysical or spiritual meanings of those two participants in this Christmas story? Well, I think metaphysically, uh, Joseph represents uh, the intellectual nature of each one of us. And I think we have to have that intellectual nature before we can and begin the spiritual journey. But Mary symbolizes, uh, to me, the inspired activity of our emotional nature. Because when you can begin the journey uh, with your mind where the, the spiritual 
uh, enlightenment really takes place is when it affects our hearts. So Joseph is the mind, Mary is the heart, and it has to come from the heart when we change, uh, when we attempt it, and when we get ready to uh, find a new way for our lives. So, yes, they're the, the key people and, and the key aspects of us that we need to uh, engage uh, in the entire process of the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me think, too, about um, in the recovery process, uh, again, not to downgrade the thinking or the intellect because it's, it's, it is important to us as humans, but a, a lot of the phrases that, that you, or phrase that you'll often hear in, in recovery circles is, my best thinking got me into trouble. <laughs> That's so, right. And the other phrase is stinking thinking. That's right. Tell us about that. Why do, you, why do people say stuff like that? What does that mean? Well, I think when the ego is in control of um, our actions and our thoughts, the ego tends to uh, look at things from a different standpoint. And that standpoint is always self-aggrandizement or self-centeredness, self-will. And again, I come back to the humility aspect of, of the Christmas story. And when you think about it, uh, Jesus was born not in a palace. He wasn't born amid splendor or uh, amid wealth. He was born in a manger. And I think the humility, the humble aspect of that, really tells us that uh, when we become open and we don't have the ego controlling our, our thoughts and actions, that then we, we become uh, ready to change. Yeah, I'm... Uh found a quotation from Richard Rohr, who's a, a Catholic uh, priest. He's, he has a, con, a center for contemplation and action in New Mexico and writes a lot. He's got a quote here. Uh, he, he calls it inherent unmarketability, and he's talking about the Christian message and in, I think, the purest sense of it. And here's this quote. So I'm going to read it to you and ask you if you'll respond to this in regard to what you were just talking about, the ego there, Alan. He says, how do you make attractive that which is not? How do you sell emptiness, vulnerability, and non-success? How do you talk descent when everything is about ascent? How can you possibly market letting go in a capitalist, materialist culture? How do you talk about dying to a church trying to appear perfect? This is not going to work. And then he has in parentheses, admitting this might be the first step. Well, I think it's also the challenge of the seen versus the unseen. And when people operate in the world that, that is around us, in the physical material world, the emphasis is on what is seen. If someone sees that they have a new car or sees that they have a new house and sees that that's supposed to make them happy, it's very difficult to sell to them the idea that what is really important is, uh, is the unseen. It's the inner life, the, the spiritual life that you can't really, is not really visible on the outside. So it is a challenge, but uh, I think it's a challenge worth undertaking uh, to keep talking about that in a new birth, you're, uh, and the, the Christmas story is certainly the story of a new birth, of possibilities, that it's not going to, in the long run, I believe, make you happy unless you have the interconnection. And it is the unseen that eventually the happiness, the joy, we talk about it, Advent, the peace, the faith that comes in that allows us to uh, live a fulfilling life. And in the end, I think that's what we all want is a life that's fulfilling, a life that's satisfactory, that uh, rewards us. And being peaceful, joyful, having faith, and experiencing love, I think, are really the key things that uh, uh, the unseen can deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, in um, in our unity uh, way of thinking and our philosophy and in other in unity, we're a new thought, uh, understanding of spirituality and of Christianity. We do talk a lot about 
prosperity, obviously, and about manifesting our good and all that type of thing. And uh, how does that relate to what you were just saying about the inner life versus I got a new car or is it versus? I don't know. How would you explain Well, there's that? absolutely nothing wrong with being prosperous. And when we, I think, connect with the inner life, we're connecting with the source of all good and uh, I think I, the Bible verse that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all else will be added unto you. I think all they, all else can be some of the prosperity that we see around us. But it, it comes back to motivation. I think if your motivation is just to accumulate uh, money, wealth, and, and whatever, then I think in the long run it's going to be a difficult thing because in the material world everything changes. The stock market goes up, the stock market goes down. Uh, your bank account may be overflowing one day and tomorrow it may be empty. But if you're connected, I think, spiritually, and again, I think the 12 steps are a wonderful spiritual program that help us connect and help us realize the important things uh, of life. You're never going to be poor. You're never going to be destitute. You're never going to be without the uh, possibilities and the potential uh, to realize this happy and fulfilled life. So, again, I, I think prosperity is wonderful, and I think all those things uh, can be added when you seek the kingdom of God first. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about that, it reminds me of what, it doesn't always happen this way, but a lot of times it does happen for people when uh, they get into recovery, uh, maybe right before they got into recovery in the depths of, of the disease of addiction, again, whether family member or the person with the substance or behavior addiction, it may be that life got pretty bad. It may be the prosperity went out the window or, or you know, relationships got very poor or people got ill or whatever. Or sometimes, frankly, uh, the prosperity doesn't go out the window until after the person gets in recovery. And That's absolutely start- true. That is absolutely true, that many people embrace a spiritual life, and the next thing they know, they're out on the street, Mm -hmm. you know, or things have not, something's happened, they've become ill or whatever. That does happen. There's no question about that. But I think the, the spiritual journey, in my opinion, is a process. And included in that process are going to be some ups and downs, and there are going to be some times when uh, it's going to appear that maybe God has forsaken us or, or whatever. But I, I do know this. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. And even through the dark times uh, that require uh, maybe just a, uh, you know, a stronger faith than maybe we brought into the, the journey to begin with, but I do think it does happen that you're challenged sometimes just uh, at the beginning of a journey and maybe sometime all the way through it. Mm-hmm. You know, that brings to mind to me the wise men. So what are the wise men in our lives and in, in this Christmas story? Well, I think that's, that's a good point because I think uh, the wise men that came bearing gifts, I think when you begin the spiritual journey that what you're going to find is that there will be people they will come into your life bearing gifts, and the, those gifts may be love. They might be encouragement. They might be support. And, you know, instead of the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh, but there will be gifts that will help nurture us uh, through the journey of recovery. And uh, also that brings to mind kind of a little bit of a reverse twist on that, and that is that I think one thing that, that God wants from us is for us to give our gifts back to the world. And I think we all have gifts. And one thing I believe that we have a hard time accepting is that God wants us to use those gifts, whatever they may be. And, you know, in the, uh, I think it's the 12th chapter of Romans where uh, Paul writes about the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of teaching and uh, the gifts of generosity and so forth. Hold on to that thought. It's time for our break. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back and find out about those gifts.
It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her guest on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how you can activate your own power of yes. Using affirmative prayer, or positive intention, can make a big difference in the way you think, feel, and live. If you want help moving from chaos to clarity in relationships, health, prosperity, or work, this is the place for you. We'll have some how-to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon Central or 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're joining us today. And if you've just tuned in, our topic today is Christmas, a recovery story. And my guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister, and he also uh, has he has many years in ministry, and he also has many years as a member of a 12-step group for family members of those that have the disease of alcoholism. And so Alan is sharing with us um, from his very rich consciousness um, in in recovery and also in uh, unity uh, ministry and in his unity walk, the deeper spiritual meanings of the Christmas story and how they are related to our recovery journey. Before I get back to my discussion with Alan, I invite you to join me in a brief moment of serenity, a moment of peace in the Serenity Minute to share with me this constructive idea. I let go and let God's presence be born in my awareness. I let go and let the presence of God be born in my awareness. I trust God. I relax and I know that all is well. Thank you, friends for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And now I'm back to my discussion with Alan Lyles and our discussion of Christmas as a recovery story. 
And uh, before the break, Alan, you were sharing with us about the wise men and the gifts, and you were talking with us about, uh, in the book of Romans, what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote about giving those gifts of spirit. So tell us more about how it is that we are to give gifts. Well, I think, uh, first of all, to really uh, appreciate the possibilities that we have to provide gifts to people. Uh, Many times before people come into recovery, they feel like, uh, you know, they do not have anything to give because they're coping with their own difficulties. But I think one thing about being uh, open and receptive to a new rebirth at Christmas or any time of the year is to realize that we do have gifts that we can give. And as I mentioned, uh, Paul writes in the 12th chapter of Romans about the different gifts that people can offer, uh, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, uh, being generous, uh, even governing diligently. He talks about those different gifts. But I think God has endowed each of us with special gifts that only we have. And when we are restored, and that's what recovery is all about, is being restored to wholeness, uh, I think we become ready then to offer our gifts to the world. So I think it's a very important thing to know that not only in the Christmas story were, are the gifts from the, the three wise men, are, are they important, but it's also the gifts that we have to give. Right. Yeah, that's the fulfillment of that spiritual life is being willing to be of service and, and getting out there. That's really the point of it. In the story about the wise men, there's a, a really a part that I I don't know I always like the best in a way is that Herod was trying to trick them, but they didn't buy into it. How's that relate to recovery? Well, I think the uh, and metaphysically to me, Herod represents our ego, and our ego resists any time a change uh, appears that is different than what the ego may have in mind. And so the ego will, will result to, uh, re, it will have trickery. It will uh, do things that will maybe be cunning and baffling and uh, maybe very subtle on, on the uh, surface, but the main purpose of it is to throw us off the track, throw us uh, off the spiritual path. Because when the um, decision is made, by the heart to be open and receptive to the uh, spiritual journey, that's a direct threat to the ego. So Herod, to me, represents the ego, and he, um, you know, tried all the trickery that he could to get the wise men to let him know where Jesus was so he could uh, come and uh, and take care of him. Mm-hmm. I love the line um, in the in the scripture where it says, once they figured this out anyway, where it says they went home by another way. I love that. Well, I think to me what that also uh, means is that you need to find a different viewpoint and a different way out of what might be, uh, you know, a a, a different way to get away from the ego's um, strength and the ego's power. And it may be something you haven't thought of before. It may be a, an avenue that's that's not occurred to you. But I think when you can make the decision that you want to do that, that uh, it'll open up for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another uh, set of characters that's very important in the Christmas story is the shepherds. Who are they for us spiritually? Well, I think what the shepherds... Uh, mean to me, and I think, again, I go back to the humble aspect of of Jesus' birth, they uh, were not, you know, on the scene at the time in any kind of a um, grandiose way. They were not in the palace. They were not uh, high-ranking officials or authorities. They were shepherds in the field. And again, I think what that says is that God is announcing the arrival of the new Messiah and the birth of Jesus to everyday people. And the potential is that the uh, the person, the everyday person, has the same opportunity to experience a grand rebirth as a king or someone of a high position might, might be able to. So the shepherds... Uh, they have the uh, they introduce us to the inner scene 
of the intellectual process because it is the humble type thought process that sometimes appeal to us the most and offers the most opportunity for change and recovery. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Angels are also a really important part of the story. Um, well, who are they for us? Well, angels are messengers. And, you know, for us, these messengers come in many forms. Uh, they may come in the form of a person. They might be might come in the form of a book uh, or a CD, a tape. Uh, they might come in the form of uh, a retreat, a seminar. They might come in the form of a song. But uh, the angels are the messengers from God that are announcing to us that we do have this opportunity for a new birth. So we have to pay attention because there are, in my opinion, angels all around us at all times. And they're whispering to us or they're maybe talking a little bit louder to us to try to get our attention. But I believe they're here, and they just come in so many forms that uh, that we just need to be aware of them. Right. Good point. Really good point. The um, Another part of the Christmas story after the actual birth is that um, later on, Again, when Jesus was still an infant, he was taken by Mary and Joseph to the temple to be dedicated. And um, so what is that part of it? He was blessed, and actually some prophecy was given about him, you know, that he would uh, be bring spirituality to uh, people. What's that like? What's that in our recovery? Well, I think to me that that's a ritual, and I think when... We begin the journey of recovery that there are going to be rituals and there are going to be things that will happen that uh, that we'll need to participate in. And when I think about it, and you mentioned that I've been in a recovery program for, I think, 23 years now, and it's a family program, I, I feel like that going to the meetings that I've gone to over these past years has been my way of coming to the temple, my way of being blessed, my way of being enlightened uh, and be, being supported and being comforted. And it's, uh, I think, just a sign that I've, I have been dedicated and I've been willing to uh, continue to, to undertake the process by attending the meetings. And I think I can't really honestly say that I, I, I believe that every meeting that I've been to over the years, and I, I've been in many meetings in many states, that there's never been a meeting that I haven't felt like that I've been uh, blessed by something that was said or by someone I talked to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, uh, that dedication really is there, that people are in a recovery process because they are indeed um, willing, interested, dedicated to that spiritual awakening um, and, and have had it, have opened up to it and are willing to find ways um, to live that. You know, another part of, part of the Christmas story is the flight to Egypt when um, Herod again kind of comes back into the story um, and he wants to, and, and Joseph is warned to take Mary and the baby um, out of out of Herod's reach for a while. What does that symbolize for us? Well, I think there comes a time probably in every recovery journey when something will occur that will threaten the journey. And it is that time that uh, when something might happen that would uh, maybe harm us or throw us back, uh, take us back to where we were before we began our recovery process, that it's okay to step away and step back and step um, to a place of safety. And a place of safety can be uh, a a number of different things, really, but it can be uh, getting involved with a, a church, again, attending more meetings perhaps, but finding a a safe place, a place that you can go that you're not going to be tempted or not going to uh, think about uh, dropping your recovery program or getting off of the path that you've begun. And again, the Christmas story, I think another aspect of it is that Jesus was born as an infant, as we all are, and 
it is a process. Jesus was not born with immediate uh, impact on the world. It took a while. And it takes time in a recovery process. It's not going to happen overnight. And I can remember uh, in 1989 when I first came into a recovery program and I heard they only had 12 steps. I thought, well, this won't be a problem. I'll take six steps this week and six steps next week, and I'll be finished. I'll be out of here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to know that it takes time and it takes work. It takes effort. But there may and there probably will come a, a point where you may need to step away and find some safety and find a safe place so that your recovery will not be interrupted. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really, really important. You know, um, one thing certainly that's on everybody's minds uh, this season, uh, that, that tragedy that just happened, the school shooting in Connecticut, and um, it comes at such a poignant time where we are obviously as Chris, at Christmas thinking about children and the, the holiness and tenderness of children and then this great tragedy. Um, probably brings up a lot of grief for people. What do you? What could you say to us about the deeper spiritual um, meaning, or how, dealing with the shooting, or with the grief in this season, or so forth? Well, it is a terrible tragedy, and, and our thoughts and our prayers do go out to the families and to all of the people involved. I mean, there's really not much that you can say that hasn't been said already, as far as. Uh, supporting uh, the people who are, in, are hurting right now. And I think one thing that people wonder about, and I, in all honesty, that people wonder about is where is God in all this? Mm-hmm. If, uh, if God is all-powerful, why did God allow this to happen? And we know that life's a mystery, and we know that free will choice, which is a gift from God, can be misused in ways that uh, that are just unthinkable. And I know that one of God's, in my opinion, one of God's most important commandments is, Thou shalt not kill. And so when I think about that, I think about that the breaking of that commandment has, has really resulted in such heartbreak and, and just uh, such pain at this time. And again, I don't know what could be said that hasn't been said already except... We care about the people involved. We're, we're there for them, and we're there to listen. We're there to try to help them through this. But knowing that this is something probably that, that the families involved will never get over, and uh, no matter how, hard, how steadfast their faith might be, it's just, a, it's just a tremendously difficult thing. But what we can do is support them and, and also know that God is there for them and God does give free will choice to people, but God is there to comfort uh, the individuals after free will choice may be exercised in such a terrible, terrible way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there aren't any easy answers, that's that's for sure. But as you said, that that God is there to comfort people. And um, sometimes I, I think of it uh, as a, as an opportunity to for me to learn to love more freely and more fully. Um, you can't, as you said, you can't erase something like that. People in a lot of ways won't ever get over something like that. Um, but it sure informs uh, a person's whole life. And I, I'm thinking that... Uh, Again, kind of as related to the Christmas story and the recovery journey, that when these really terrible things happen, that it can inform us in, in a way to invite us to love more fully. How do you see that? Well, I certainly uh, have seen it expressed in the media and um, on the, in the social media on Facebook and things like that, that the outpouring of love and support, uh, prayer, and just... Uh, you know, everything possible that could be done to offer comfort to the people, the families, and the, and the people who are involved. I think the love that's just, uh, uh, has, has just been tremendous. It's come out of this. But it's just such a terrible thing to have something like this occur that, 
uh, before that would happen. It'd be nice if we could be expressing that love, uh, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year. That's not life as we know it. But I think when a tragedy does happen, and I, I honestly believe the, the parents of the children especially, while they can probably think of nothing now except the loss loss of their precious child, they have to also feel just the wave of support and love and um, comfort that's coming from everybody. <laughs> yeah, as you said, it's, it, when these things happen, it opens up that, that love. And I maybe I, that's certainly a goal of mine is to think, is there a way that I can proactively love in ways that I don't have to wait, you know, for something tragic to happen? Well, I think one thing, and again, back to the Christmas story for a second, that what the Christmas story tells us is that the new birth can create a new awareness. And I think being aware of what is happening around us and the people around us uh, is so crucial to maybe expanding the consciousness of the world to a point where we don't have many of these type tragedies. So I think for me, I like to, I think I try to be more aware of what is happening around me. And if there is someone that's obviously hurting or someone that's in need, and most people are never going to tell you that, but I think if you pay attention to, um, to the world around you, you'll see the people that might be in need of a kind word or an encouraging word. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it's just a word, maybe it's a, a, a pat on the back, maybe it's a smile, or whatever, but maybe that can change the direction someone, someone may be going in. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's time for our break. Um, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back and continue to talk about the Christmas story as a recovery story. We'll be right back. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, Call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. 
If you've just tuned in, our topic is Christmas, a recovery story. And we're talking about how the Christmas story and the spiritual meaning of it is the story of recovery. And we've been looking at the different uh, participants in that Christmas story about Jesus' birth and seeing how that does relate to us uh, in the recovery process. My guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is uh, a unity minister, and he also has many years in a program of recovery, a 12-step program of recovery for family members. And um, we're so glad that he's sharing with us today. So, um, Alan, we know that, again, obviously the Christmas story is one about spiritual awakening. It's about spiritual birth. And in the 12 steps, there's uh, certainly lots of references uh, to God and references to uh, prayer and meditation and turning one's will over to that um, power that is greater than ourselves. And you've been involved in a very uh, focused meditation practice for a while um, that I know is speaking to you at depth. Would you share with us what you're doing and how it's uh, affecting you? Well, I've uh, enjoyed meditation for many, many years. And what I've really done this year, which is a little bit different, is that when I meditate, I also will record what I have, what has come for me from from within. And I've been doing this now for about a year. And I I don't, you know, again, say there's any uh, anything that I have that's, a special connection to the Christ within or to the inner spirit. But I think if we're open and receptive to that, I I think that things will uh, come for us that maybe serve to guide or to enlighten us or um, help us along the path. Uh, Today I meditated about um, my part in the journey. And I'll just share with you just briefly a couple of things I heard. it is that this is there is work that only you can do. It is you that must become one with me. It is you that must live, move, and have your being with me. It is you that, that must serve as an instrument of my grace. And I think it's those kinds of words that that uh, enhance my own journey. It, it makes me feel that um, I am receiving the guidance and and the uh, the inner care that, that I want. And again, what I also heard today is that I must pass along whatever gifts I receive and whatever gift it may be, a comforting word or performing a generous act, that uh, it is up to me to serve as an instrument of God's grace in, in the, in the, as the opportunities might present themselves. And I think that goes again back to awareness that comes with the Christmas story, the birth of a of a new thought and a new awareness, and taking it back to recovery one more time. That I think when we come into recovery, that we may feel like that we're at the bottom, and that uh, there is no hope, that there may be no chance that there'll ever be anything different in our lives. And uh, we'll never have find the peace and the joy and the happiness that we want. But I think when when we do make the decision to start that process, and it is a process, it is ongoing. It is for me two steps forward, one step back. That I think that uh, then we find things will be brought into our lives. The the wise uh, the gifts will come. The wise men will come. And the wise women and the people will come that will help us along our way. So I, I just think the Christmas story, again, is a story of recovery, and it's a story that we can keep living all year long. You know, it's, it's um, a shame, really, that we only celebrate Christmas one day a year. It does help us focus mm-hmm. on the story of the new birth, but I think that it'd be nice if we'd have Christmas 365 days a year. What would life be like if we did that? Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Christmas is a great time of the year, and, and one of it's a time of light. We can sometimes really, um, in, in when we're in that sense of, of Christmas and that time of light and that time of uh, peace, that we can uh, really remember how important it is to get down uh, into that meditation time, into that prayer, and really listen for God's voice in us. Well, and it is God's voice in us, and every person can experience that. It's There's not just a, a person here or a person there who can do that. We all can do it. And it all um, comes from just being open and being willing to take the time and to take the uh, moment to celebrate in the silence the spirit of the Christ within. Sometimes I think, you know, when we go back to the Christmas story and think about Herod and um, the ego and so forth, we can get so focused on those outer things that we can think, if I just read one more book or, you know, do one more sort of get something from the outside, that's going to take away my discomfort. But really it doesn't. I mean, the steps, the 12 steps are about... um, you know, having had a spiritual awakening uh, as a result of these steps. It's about waking up spiritually. It's not about, you know, get, getting it, getting yourself to feel better. And the paradox is you do feel better, but it's not about relief. It's about recovery. Well, I think we're living in a time where we're surrounded by what I call weapons of mass distraction. Uh-huh. And I think uh, I love my iPad and my computer, and, uh, you know, we, I, we're just surrounded by these wonderful technological triumphs, but they are so um, distracting sometimes from also maintaining a, an interconnection with uh, the spirit within and also the uh, knowing uh, the guidance and, and whatever that we, we get when we do go into meditation. So putting down the iPad and, and meditating, I think, uh, it, it's not that easy these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there is so much that calls our attention um, out into busyness, and it, it can really be um, be such a distraction for us. It can really, I like that, weapons of mass distraction. That's good. I have to remember that one. Yep. yep. Quiet. So what... Um, what uh, can help us to stay in that Christmas spirit, that place of quietness and tuning in um, to God's presence, to having that birth? Well, for, for me, it has been a commitment and making a commitment to do it. And what I've done is uh, I've gotten up earlier than I usually do. For the past year, uh, I'll be up maybe by 5 a.m. or 5.30 and I'll take that first hour to hour and a half uh, where nothing else can disturb um, my focus and my concentration. And that's about the only way I can do it because it seems like once the day gets started that there can be appointments or there can be activities or, again, the distractions come in that uh, are so almost so powerful that they can they can throw you off the track a little bit but in that first hour hour and a half being alone and being a quiet for me has been the answer mm-hmm. how does writing down what you receive in meditation help you and how's that changed from uh, well I, first of all i've been journaling since 1985 so writing down things is, is kind of a practice that i have but where it can be helpful is going back and reading it uh, maybe a week later, two weeks later, a month later, even a year later, uh, when you've got it down on paper and uh, you can go back and, and again revisit uh, maybe the wisdom or the guidance or the comfort or the support or whatever you were receiving at the time, uh, rather than trying to have to store it all in your memory, I think for me that really has made a big difference. Mm-hmm. And it gets you back in tune with that aspect of yourself, that sense of God's presence when you read those? It does, and it also helps you know where you were at that given moment on your journey. Uh, You know, we're going to have ups and downs. There's going to be 
uh, times will be moving ahead and times will be slipping back. So I think it uh, it helps, again, refocus uh, where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really a, a powerful practice. So what are you going to be doing um, during this Christmas season, Alan, to really uh, celebrate the depths of your spirit here as we wrap up our program today? Well, I'll be uh, remembering that the Christmas story is your story, it's my story, and the possibilities that it, it offers to us. And I'll be worshiping and I'll be being with family and uh, mainly just trying to just keep that interconnection to God as strong as I possibly can. Thank you so much for uh, being with us today. We really appreciate it and um, appreciate, Alan, all that the inner work that you do and that you are so willing to tune into spirit and so willing to give the gifts, uh, the rich gifts of your consciousness. Thank you so much for sharing with us about the Christmas story today. We well, appreciate Anna, it. You are, you are a blessing, and I really appreciate you having me on today. Well, thank you. Thanks. And I want to wish all of our listeners here on Spirit of Recovery a very uh, blessed holiday season and knowing that you too are finding um, your journey of light and rebirth very rewarding. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Cattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about the soul of money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.